Matthew 6, 9-14 Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Forgive our debts as we have also forgotten our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forget, forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Well, thank you, Tanner, for the uh, reading today. Appreciate that. I'm so glad that we're able to have uh, some people read scripture for us. If you're interested in doing that, please let uh, Janice know that uh, you'd love to be able to do that. We uh, Adults, children, we'd love to get them involved. Today, we're continuing on in our series called Forgiveness, the original F word. And I'm hoping you're telling your friends and your family about the title of the sermons that have been preaching these last little while. I don't know how much more dramatic a sermon title can get than that. Um, But today we're going to be talking about one of the hardest things that we are called to do, and that is to forgive others. And uh, if you've had someone in your life who's offended you, who has hurt you, who's abused you, who has taken advantage of you, you already, probably already now, start to have a, a mental picture of that event. And I'm asking you today to... to go through some of the remembering so that God can bring about healing in your life. And I know that might be painful. So I'm asking you to hang in there and believe that God has a plan and a purpose for this conversation today. I started out with Tanner reading the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is so important because it it sets up for us a very important principle that I want to talk about today in when we call to forgive others. Let me just read it. And, and if you're, you know, if you're at Starbucks or at Tim Hortons or, you know, you're at work watching this, uh, you don't have to say this out loud, but, you know, often we say this out loud in front of a uh, dinner time or with a church group or uh, maybe at a funeral or at a wedding. And this is what we pray when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Well, I'm going to switch over to the old version, but they're going to follow along with the new version here. The old version maybe is the one that you can think of the most. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. What in the world does that word hallowed mean? It just means may your name be kept holy. It means to honor God. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, did you notice that little phrase in the scripture passage? It's found in two places and we've added an ending onto it, which is the one that I included in the prayer. It's found in Matthew chapter 6 and in Luke chapter 11. But did you notice the little phrase in the middle? The phrase that talks about forgiveness, it's the section uh, from verse 12. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. It's a pretty strong reminder, right? You've probably heard it many times before. You've heard that uh, the Lord's Prayer many times before. But I want to focus today on that phrase. Forgive us our sins as we forgive just as we have forgiven those 
who have sinned against us. Well, this is one of the most difficult things that you will probably have to do in your life, to forgive someone who's hurt or harmed you. And it's difficult because it means a few things. One of the things, first things it means is that we have got to recognize how much we first have been forgiven. That's one of the most important things that we've got to think about when we're called to forgive others. You think to yourself, how I can't forgive that person. They harmed me so much. My, I'm still living in pain. Or they have accused me and I was innocent. Or they took something away from me. How could I ever forgive that person? And yet, I'm here to tell you that God can help you get through that. But it begins with recognizing how much you have been forgiven. You know, there's a, there's a, a story in the Bible. Well, before we get to that, I just want to let you know that we as human beings have an amazing capacity to forgive others. It can be done. And there is hope for you in this journey. And I want to encourage you to get ready and get prepared to begin to forgive the person that is already in your mind. That picture, that event, it's already causing your heart to beat a little faster. Maybe even your hands to sweat a bit. Maybe you're feeling a a, a burden in your stomach, something, a pit in your stomach almost. And I want to read to you from Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. This passage I think is very helpful. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. We must remember that we're the ones who are sinful, right? And that we need forgiveness first and foremost. And the amount to which we have been forgiven is the amount we are called to forgive others. And isn't it true that we have been forgiven so much? There's a parable that Jesus told in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 18. It's a story of a a king who uh, has a servant of his come to him. And the king says, you'll owe me millions of dollars and you must pay up. And the man says that I can't pay. There's no way that I can pay. And the king says, fine, I'm going to throw you and your family and your children. And I'm going to sell everything that you own. I'm going to throw you into prison until you can owe me, until you can pay me. And if we were to look at how much money that really was, it was trillions of dollars in today's amount of money. And it's really an amount that Jesus picked to remind us that there is really no way to repay that kind of debt. And the man begs and pleads with the king. He falls down on his knees and says, please forgive my debt. And in this amazing turn of events, the king forgives the man's debt. And he jumps to his feet in joy And he runs out of the king's presence. And then Jesus tells us the next part of the story where the man runs out of the king's presence and sees another man who owes him a thousand dollars. And he runs up to him, grabs him by the throat, pushes him up against the wall and says, you owe me this money, pay me now. And even in the day uh, when uh, this story was told, it was legitimate for somebody to do that. You could grab someone by the collar and hold on to them until they paid the debt. And the man says, you must pay. And the other one says, I can't. I can't pay it. And the man who is forgiven looks at the other man and says, fine, then I'm going to throw you into prison, your wife, your children. I'm going to sell all that you had until you can pay the debt. And he throws the man into jail. And the king gets word of this. 
The king hears about what this man had done. And then Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 18 at verse 32. Then the king called the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Now this next verse is not a parable of the story format. This is Jesus now looking at the crowd and saying, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Well, that's some strong language. We're called to forgive others. And yet it's probably one of the hardest things that we have to do because people have hurt us. I bet from the very moment we started this message, you knew who I was talking about. And you said to yourself, no, 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 there's no way that I can forgive that person. Perhaps the, you played the tape in your head already of what happened to you and you're starting to feel those feelings again. I'm asking you to hang in there. It could have been someone who had committed an infidelity towards you. Perhaps it was someone, a lover or a spouse that hurt you. Maybe it was a parent that abused you or molested you. Perhaps it was a friend who betrayed you. Maybe somebody at work who unjustly criticized you or took credit for the work that you had done. You know, we're talking about some really personal stuff here. This is really going to feel raw in the next few minutes. And I want you to think about how you can apply forgiveness to this very situation. You have been forgiven so much that God, the King in heaven, has given, forgiven you for all of the sins that you have committed, kind of like all of that money that that person owed. Never in their wildest dreams could they ever repay it. And the king said, I forgive you. He does the same with our sin. We celebrated that here with the communion earlier today when we said that Jesus' body and his blood was broken and poured out for the forgiveness of sin. God himself knew that you couldn't pay the price. And so he did it on our behalf. Even though it might be a bit painful, I want you to walk with me. The first step was to remember how much God forgave us. The second step is very, very important. It's to release the person entirely. And I know you're thinking to yourself, no, no, wait a second, I can't, I can't do that. What does it mean to release? Well, it means to set them free. I want you to set them free. God wants you to set them free. Don't hold on to the bitterness. Don't hold on to the resentment. It means stop playing the tapes in your head where they harmed you over and over and over again. Drop the grudge. <laughs> I heard this many years ago and it's, and it's worth uh, saying again um, that Holding a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping the other person gets sick. <laughs> holding a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping the other person gets sick. 
See, when you release a person, you don't have to confront them. You don't have to repair or even reconcile because releasing is all about your decision. It's a decision that you make about what you need to do. You don't even have to have a conversation with that person to release them. You can choose to release them. And listen, this is so important. Forgiveness is a choice, not an emotion. Forgiveness is a choice. You feel the impact of that person's hurt or uh, actions or abuse or whatever it is. That is a, a strong feeling and emotion. You feel that. But forgiveness is not about those feelings. Forgiveness is a choice. It's a choice that you can make to let them go, to release them. You know, when we, uh, we did Celebrate Recovery here for many years and a psychologist would tell you this, that in order to help you go through that process, there's a couple of things that you can do. And one of them is to imagine that you're writing a letter to the person that's offended you. You sit down, you write a letter, because sometimes this person may have died already. This person may, may not be anywhere where you can connect with them. You've lost touch. There's no way that you can get a hold of them. Or maybe you just realize that you cannot be in the same room with them. So you sit down, you write a letter and you never send it. Sometimes you can sit down and, and you can have an imaginary conversation with that person. You put a chair in front of you. You, you just imagine that person in that chair and you, you say, I'm going to let this go. I forgive you. I'm not going to hold a grudge any longer. I'm not going to replay this in my mind over and over and over again. I forgive you. You can take a picture of that person maybe who harmed you uh, and have a conversation with that picture. And when you're doing that, you're giving up your rights. You are giving up your rights to be offended. You're giving up, first of all, your right to repayment. You don't have, you, (laughs) it's, uh, you, have to, you have to write this down, maybe. I don't know, maybe this is going to be helpful for you. For you. Uh, but you give up the right to repayment. You release the right of repayment. And when somebody harms us, we think they're in debt to us, right? You owe me. You did this to me. And you, we get angry and we get upset and we said, you, you deserve something. You deserve, I, I should go over there and punch your lights out, poke you in the eye, slap you across the head, <laughs> whatever it is that you feel like you got to do. You give up your right to repayment. They don't owe you anymore. When you forgive someone, you say, I give up the right for repayment. You release the person. You're releasing your right for repayment. They no longer owe you anything. And the second thing that you can do is that you have to release your right to revenge. So when someone harms you, it's natural to want to get revenge, right? You want to set a trap for that person. You want to uh, try and uh, take advantage of whatever situation it is. Uh, you want to have a conversation where you, where you just let them have it, you know? You did this and you did that and you were hurtful and this was that and this is the other thing. And, and, and when, you, when, you, when you forgive... You're saying that you're giving up your right, releasing your right to revenge. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 and 19 says this. Never pay back evil with more evil. 
Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Never pay back evil for evil. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge and I will pay them back, says the Lord. It might be something that you've dreamt about, <laughs> that you thought, I'm, I'm just going to take revenge. And in order for you to get past it, you're going to have to give up your right. Give up your right to repayment and give up your right to revenge. Well, <clears throat> You've got to do number one, you've got to remember all that you've been forgiven. And then number two, you've got to recognize, you've got to release that person entirely. And number three, recognize God's purpose in the process. You know what? Sometimes we just want to, we need to have, we, we need God to show us the purpose for our pain. You've been suffering through this. You've been abused or hurt or offended or taken advantage of. And you want to know that God is going to do something good with all of this. And unfortunately, one of the, um, one of the passages in the Bible that has probably been most misused and misquoted is from Romans chapter 8. And it says, uh, you know, God works all things together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now, this verse is very important. God does work all things together for good. But God is not the author of the bad. And you see, not all things are good. There are bad things out there. The Bible never says things at all or that are all things are good, like everything is good. There are bad things. But God takes some of those bad things and brings about good. Listen, the hurt that you've experienced in the past is not good. The molestation that you may have gone through in the past is not good. The pain that you have gone through is not good. This verse doesn't say God says all things are good. He doesn't, doesn't say that. God understands that we live in a broken and sinful world. And things happen and we don't understand it. And it becomes so tempting for us to blame God. God says, I didn't allow that to happen. Some evil person did that. Let's just say that that person or that thing or whatever it was, it was bad. But we've got to release that person. Otherwise, they have a stranglehold on us. If we don't release them, they will continue to hold on to us. And when you do, God says, I can bring good out of this situation. You know, if you don't believe me, it happened in the early part of the Bible, back in the book of Genesis. This bratty boy named Joseph had this, you know, beautiful gift of a coat from his dad. He kind of showed it off as a bit arrogant. He's showing it to his brothers. Hey, I had these dreams. One day you're going to be bowing down to me. His brothers hate him. They decide that they're going to get rid of him. They decide to throw him in a pit. And they sell him off as a slave. And once he gets sold off as a slave, God does something in him, starts to shape his character, starts to make this young man become a man of character. And he wins the uh, admiration and respect of the jailer. 
And when he's freed finally by answering a dream of Pharaoh that there's a famine coming, Pharaoh set aside seven years of grain because seven years of famine are coming. Pharaoh puts him in a place of such honor that he is number two in the entire land of Egypt. And now he has control over everything, including the nation of Israel and his brothers and his father who are starving. And they show up in Egypt and there's brother Joseph, that young bratty little boy who's grown up into a man of character. And they fall down on their faces. They're, they're scared that Joseph is going to take revenge because maybe he hasn't forgiven them. Maybe he still is hanging on to the grudge. But this is what Joseph says. But Joseph told him, don't be afraid of me. Am I God to judge and punish you? As far as I'm concerned, God turned into good what you meant for evil. He brought me into this high position that I have today so that I can save the lives of many people. It doesn't say God called it good. It doesn't say God named it good. It says God turned it into good. God took a bad situation a bad outcome and turned it into good. And that's what we are called to do with this forgiveness stuff. Realize that God can take the bad in your life and turn it into good. I'm constantly amazed by how God has done that in your life. When I see you and I get to talk to you about what God is doing in your life, you get to tell me stories about how God took the terrible, the awful, the brutal, even some of the just simple things where you gave and forgave and how God has used you to bring about good. And I don't know what purpose God will bring out of that, this situation that you're in now, that you're thinking about. But I know that if you follow this process, that God will bring about good. God wants to do that in your life. But here's the thing. God can't do and bring about good unless you forgive. See, because you might be saying to yourself, God, I just want the pain to go away. God, I, want the, I, want the, I don't want to have to deal with this anymore in my life. I don't want this to keep coming back up. I don't want to have to see that person and feel this way all the time. God says, I can't do anything with that unless you forgive. Do you want to see God turn something good out of the bad that you find yourself in? You've got to forgive that person. And then there's reconciling. Now, number four, this one is conditional. The first three are not. We've got to remember all that God has given. We've got to recognize that God can turn it into good. We have to release that person. But reconciliation, restoring the relationship, that's conditional. Sometimes you just can't. And, and God isn't expecting you. He's expecting you to forgive. As a matter of fact, sometimes when you go back into those situations, it actually might harm you again. That person is not ready for you because maybe we have, don't you do this? You have this in your mind where you think to yourself, if I just go to that person and say, I'll, I forgive you, even though you did all these hurtful, harmful things and they look at you with tears in their eyes, falling down their face and they say, oh, I'm so glad that you forgive me. I feel so much better now. And you end up in a great big hug and it's the Hallmark movie all over again. 
We have dreams like that. But rarely does that happen. If it's possible, reconcile. But if it's not possible, that's okay. Being hurt all over again is not what God has in mind for reconciliation. If somebody's likely to harm you, you can skip it, (laughs) right? But here's the thing. Don't let evil get the best of you. There's a passage here in Romans chapter 12, verse 21. If you're going to reestablish the relationship, this is one of those verses that you've got to put on your mind. You've got to put in your mind when you go to that person. Uh, Don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing evil, right? No, that's not what it says, is it? Look at it. Look at it. (laughs) Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. That's how you deal with that person. That's how you deal with the person that, that you've, been, you've been wanting to get out of your brain. You begin to pray for that person, not vengeance. Let God's vengeance take over. That's what you could pray for. You could pray, God, I forgive that person, but you need to take care of that person because I'm not supposed to because I'll take it out of hand. It'll get out of hand if I do it. <laughs> pray God's blessing on them. Pray that God would do something in their heart and in their life. You look for ways to be positive towards them. And then it's rinse and repeat, just like on the back of the shower bottle, right? Wash, rinse, repeat. It's the same thing with forgiveness. Forgive, let go, reconcile if possible, recognize what God can do and repeat. And it happens, it will happen to you tomorrow. Somebody will do something completely unknowing. And they will offend you and hurt you and they'll be on their merry way (laughs) and probably not even know it. Or they might do something evil in the next month or year. Or you might be asked to call to, to walk alongside someone who's struggling. We've got to go through this process in order for God to bring about good. The bad has to be forgiven. We've got to release that person. And then look for what good can come of it. And then do it again. And then Jesus said to his disciples, how many times should I forgive someone? How many times? Peter went to Jesus and he says, Peter came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, how many often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? And then Jesus said, no, not seven times, but 77 times. All right, all you math geniuses out there, how many times is that? Right? How many times? Put it in the comments. Somebody knows. We got geniuses here in the room. 490. Could you imagine if God came? He said, Martin, I'm sorry, Martin, but uh, uh, it's 491 and uh, you're done. I'm just not going to forgive you anymore. I'd be done that in a week, a day sometimes. That's not the point either, is it? The point Jesus is making is that we just are called to keep on forgiving because of how much God has forgiven us. And that's what we're called to do every single day. Remember the last part of our passage from Matthew that, uh, that uh, was read earlier? 
Jesus said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. I don't know about you, but I don't want to leave any lists. I don't want there to be people on a list that I haven't forgiven. And have you been thinking about that person, that one event, that uh, group of people? You probably, maybe you don't even know all their names. But if you've got them in mind, you've got some business to do with God right now. You see, because we know that in order for us to truly, really receive forgiveness, we've got to be willing to forgive someone else. And if that's you, I want to lead you in a prayer for a minute. I want you to experience the freedom that comes when you release that person. You let them go. You give up your right to repayment and revenge. And you start looking for what God can do to bring good out of the situation. Pray with me, will you? Lord, there's, there's people watching this that it, they just know that there's that one person in their life that they haven't forgiven. And if that's you today, I want you to put that person in your mind right now. Whatever that situation was, that person needs to be forgiven. Not because they deserve it, but because you have been forgiven so much. It's a choice. It's a choice that you need to make. And I'm asking you today to do that. Just pray these words with me. Lord, help me to forgive. Help me to let go. Lord, help me to give you the responsibility for vengeance. Lord, help me to start praying for this person. that you might also turn this into good. In Jesus' name, amen.